Hello and welcome to Mr. President from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do the very best I know how, the very best I can. And if the end brings me out wrong, ten angels swearing I was right would make no difference. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold and written by Gene Holloway. Mr. President at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who have lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. Mr. President drama will begin in just a moment. The American concept of the president as a federal executive is unique in the history of world politics. When our Constitution was framed, many Americans thought president was just another word for king. In fact, some of the titles suggested as appropriate for the new head of state were Your Majesty the President, Your Mightiness, and Your Excellency. But Washington chose president, meaning the one who presides. A wise choice. For an American president is very much like a presiding chairman of the board who must maintain peace and amity among other divisions of the government. To such a coordinator come inevitable compromises, adjustments, and personal disappointments. You'll hear them dramatically presented now on Mr. President. So listen and see if you can name the president upon whom this episode is based. incidents I have in mind today tell the story of a president in a strange dream. It's a story we've told before on this series, but one which we feel is well worth hearing again, especially during the Easter season. Later on, of course, I'll tell you which president this happened to. But meanwhile, you may be able to guess. He woke early. He woke to an unaccustomed, wonderful feeling of great happiness. And for a moment, he lay there wondering why. And then suddenly the warm, reassuring knowledge started pulsing through him again. The long war was over. He got up, put on a dressing gown, and went over to the window. He stood there looking out at the calm, sweet coming of the Washington dawn. From his window he could see the flags and buntings of victory, and he stood there grinning at them. Suddenly his bedroom door opened cautiously. You, oh, good morning, son. You're up early. Well, I woke up. What are you going to do today? 
Oh, nothing very unusual. Office business, interviews, a cabinet meeting. Tonight, I think your mother and I are going out. You forgot the war department. Oh, yes, I did. You never mentioned them once. They wouldn't like that. <laughs> well, uh, I'll have to go to the war department at least twice, though. It looks like it's going to be a nice day. Yes, indeed. You know, sometimes you wake up and you think, this is my day. This is the day when things are going to go well for me. From beginning to end... This is my day. Didn't you ever feel that way? Yes, sir. A couple of times. And every time I did, I ended up getting a licking. <laughs> oh, and speaking of lickings, that reminds me. You are not to stand downstairs where the people wait for their interviews and charge them five cents to see me. Well, it's a very reasonable rate. Well, that's not the point. Well, you said you wanted me to be enterprising. Well, you'll have to find some other way to do it. Well, Secretary Stanton scolded me about that, too. He said you weren't worth five cents. Oh, he did? He said when anyone could see her for nothing, why should some people have to pay five cents? I don't think it's right. They should have to pay. Why? Because I need the money. Oh, I see, I see. Oh, good morning, Mother. Good morning. I thought I'd find you two in here together. Morning, dear. Good morning. Did you have a good night's sleep? Wonderful, Mary. And how about you? Well, the shouting in the streets kept me awake. Everyone's certainly excited about the prospect of peace. Well, those same voices put me to sleep. And it was the first good night's sleep I've had in months. Well, it's been a strain, but it's almost over now. Oh, son. Yes, Mother? There's a woman downstairs with a tray of apples and gingerbread and candy that she says you bought. I'll go right now. Oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, steady. What's this all about? I'm setting up a fruit stand down the Grand Corridor. <laughs> You're doing what? A fruit stand. I'm going to show the people who are waiting in line to see Father. <laughs> now, see here, don't you laugh at him. You'll only encourage him. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you're right. Uh, son, uh, what did I just explain to you about people waiting for interviews? You said I couldn't charge him five cents to see you. Well, I should think not. But I'm not charging him to see Father now. I'm charging him for apples. This time they're getting something for the money. <laughs> oh, indeed, indeed. Well, you can't do it, and that's final. Uh, now, wait a minute, dear, wait a minute. Where did you get the money to buy this woman's stock? I saved my pocket money, and I got a few things from the White House kitchen by saying I was hungry. And one of the carpenters got me a pair of trestles and a wide board to put the things on. In the corridor of the White House? Well, I'm an American citizen. I got rights. You haven't any rights to peddle things in the White House. But I've already bought the things. All right, all right, now... You go see your woman and set up your store. But Gee, thanks, Father. I knew you wouldn't let Mother take away my rights. Oh, <laughs> we'll be the laughing stock of Washington. <laughs> my dear, he has to have a chance to learn a few things for himself, even if he is the son of a president. All children are entitled to put up some sort of a lemonade stand once in their lives. <laughs> All right, Mr. President. Uh, uh, come here by the window, my dear. Now let me put my arm around you. <sighs> That's a fine sight down there. Look at those red, white, and blue decorations. The Yankee Doodle colors of freedom and liberty and justice for all. Oh, it's good to see you so happy, dear. Oh, I am happy for the first time in a long, long while. I am happy. I can see an end to the insight now. Peace for the country and time for you and me to settle down and love one another. I'm afraid I haven't had much time to be a husband the past few years. 
I can't imagine a more fortunate woman in the nation than your wife, Mr. President. <laughs> oh, God, love you for saying that. <laughs> oh, darling, put me down. <laughs> you know, someone came in. <laughs> Remember oh. when I used to spin you around oh, like this? Oh, someone might see. <laughs> and if they do. Well, isn't it important that the president and his wife have dignity? <laughs> no, no, dear. Not half so important as that the president and his wife be human beings. Oh. I love you, and I don't care if the Senate, the House of Representatives, and the War Department know it. Oh, stop. <laughs> and see that I get a big breakfast this morning. Double on everything. You know, I could eat the White House? Yes, sir. Oh, I meant to ask you, Sunday's Easter. You'll want to give some sort of message, won't you? Is Sunday Easter? Yes, it is. Oh, I lost track of time. Then, then this is Good Friday. Yes, Good Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, the news of peace will certainly make it a joyous Easter. Woman, what about my breakfast? I'm hungry. Immediately, Mr. President. Thank you. a crowd with people. Oh, don't talk with your mouth full, son. Yes, it certainly is an exciting day. The general's arrived at the War Department. Oh, he has, has he? And how is it that you get so much information before I do? Oh, I got connections. <laughs> hmm. Well, then maybe you know if the general and his wife are joining your father and me tonight. I uh, sent over a note asking them to go to the theater with us, dear. He doesn't know yet. Oh, he doesn't? And how do you know that? He hasn't had a chance to ask his wife. <clears throat> Are you inferring that a general who makes decisions involving thousands of men has to ask his wife if he can go out? Yes, sir. Mary, do you consider that democracy? <laughs> no, sir. That's marriage. Hello, Dad, Mother. Robert! Oh, Robert! Oh, well, Robert! Well, Robert! Well, Robert. Did you bring me any guns? <laughs> it's oh. so good to see you. You look fine. Oh, Robert, you. I've been so worried. We expected you in on leave last night. Sit down and have some breakfast. There's muffins and the war's over. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> it is wonderful, and I'm starved. Uh -huh. Did you get wounded anyplace? No. Oh. Uh, did you want your brother to get wounded? Everybody I know has a wounded brother but me. Well, I'm glad I can't accommodate you. Now sit down and have some breakfast, my son. Sit down. We're going to the theater tonight, Robert. Would you like to go? Oh, I, I don't think so. Thank you, Mother. I think I'd just like to sit around and enjoy being home tonight. If anyone asks me, there's what I'd say. When you're bigger, we'll ask you. Well, I'd, be, I'd better be getting back to my desk. Speaker Colfax is coming over this morning to discuss government policy and Congressman Cole from California and John Creswell and... Mm, Father, why do they call it Good Friday? Why, it's the day that Christ was crucified, son. Well, why do they call it good? Because Christ was good. But it wasn't a good Friday. It was a bad Friday. Uh, son, I, uh, I don't have the time to talk about, to you about it now. Uh, but uh, you and I will have a talk uh, in the morning, shall we? I'll be glad it was tomorrow. Why? I don't like today. You mean you don't like this day or you don't like Good Friday? I don't know which it is, but... But it isn't a good day. It's a bad day. Son. It's a bad well, day. Well, son, don't talk like that. Yeah, I wonder why you should feel that way, my boy. You didn't feel that way until I came in, did you? No. I know what it is. I've heard men talk like that at the front, just before a battle. It's a sudden feeling of death in the air. It's because I've come back from the front. Theodore, come on. Let you and I go see to your fruit stand. Yes, sir. You'll forget all about it in a few minutes. It's not you, Robert. I know it isn't you. It's Good Friday. Come on, dear. Go with your mother, son. 
Yes, sir. Strange. Don't worry about it. He's pretty sensitive in the combination of Good Friday and me coming back. Well, I'll have to talk to him about Easter the first minute I can. I, I don't think he understands it at all. Dear, hmm? do you mind terribly if we don't go to see Aladdin? Oh, I thought you wanted to see Aladdin. Well, Laura Keene is playing in Our American Cousin, and it's a benefit as well as her last appearance there, and I thought it might be nice if we went to see her. Well, why not, if that's what you'd enjoy, my dear? All right. I'll send word to the theater. Robert, you go ahead with your breakfast. I'm going to the war department. Right. Uh, uh, you take a look at your brother after a while and see if he's all right, will you? Sure. You'll find him in the grand corridor selling apples. Oh, sure. Doing what? Selling apples. What for? For money. He's going to make money selling apples? He thinks he is, but by the time he reimburses the White House kitchen for whatever he talked them out of, pays the carpenter for the use of the bench, and pays the government rent on the space in the corridor, he's not going to come out very well. <laughs> I'll see you this afternoon. Robert, I'm awfully glad you're home. Good morning, Mr. President. Good morning, Mr. Secretary. General, it's good to see you. How are you, sir? Tired, but healthy as a knife. I'm glad to hear it. You're looking well. Victory becomes you. Thank you, sir. You seem in unusual spirits today, Mr. President. Yes, yes. Sit down, gentlemen. Sit down. I woke up feeling genuinely happy for the first time in years. You know something? We're going to receive good news today, Stanton. And Stanton, last night I had that dream again. Oh, did you, Mr. President? Mm -hmm. What dream was that, sir? Well, I've... I've dreamt it before every one of the important events of the war. I dream that I'm on a strange ship, a singular, indescribable vessel, and that I'm, I'm moving towards a dark, indefinite shore. And every time I dream it, victory follows. Isn't that right, Mr. Secretary? Yeah, that's what you say, Mr. President. I have no way of verifying your dreams. <clears throat> now, by the way, General, my wife tells me she's invited you and your wife to the theater with us tonight. Mr. President, you can't go to the theater tonight. Why not? It's not safe. Oh, nonsense. Why, if you and the general attended, it would be an admirable time for an assassin to kill both of you. Oh, you're an alarmist, Stanton, isn't he, General? I'm afraid I'm on the secretary's side in this, Mr. President. I think it would be most unwise for you to make a public appearance at this time. Well, I make public appearances every day and nobody's shot me yet. You're getting to be a terrible nuisance, Stanton. For three years, every time I step out, cavalry, foot guards, plainclothes attendants spring from everywhere. I can't even go to the office alone. It's one of the penalties of being president. Oh, it's a lot of nonsense. Well, sir, in any case, I couldn't accompany you because I'm starting for home this afternoon to see my children. It's been a long time since I've seen... I understand. Please take them, my good wishes. Well, why don't you stay home and have a nice evening with your family, Mr. President? Because I am going to the theater. I want a little relaxation. I'll take Eckert with me. Now, sir... Did you know Eckert can break a poker over his arm, Mr. Secretary? Mr. President, whether Eckert can break a poker over his arm or not is completely outside the point. Oh, no, it isn't. No assassin would dare touch me with Eckert along. Eckert will be working with me tonight here at the War Department. Mr. Secretary... I'll wager that you're the kind of a man that goes to a zoo and doesn't take any peanuts. 
Whatever you may think of me, Mr. President, Eckert will still be working tonight. Very well, Mr. Secretary. I'll take Major Rathbun along. He isn't under your jurisdiction. Well, Mr. President, if you'd only listen... Oh, smile, Mr. Secretary. The war is over. Peace is at hand. Surely even the President of the United States is entitled to one evening of relaxation. But he doesn't have to go to the theater for it. No, sir. I am going to the theater. My wife's going to get dressed up in her prettiest gown, and we're going to forget there was such a thing as a war for one whole evening. I tell you, today is my day, Stanton. From beginning to end, it's my day. Uh, very well, Mr. President. You will see that Major Rathman receives my invitation. Yes, I'll see that he receives it. Good. Come, General. It's time for the cabinet meeting. Yes, Mr. President. Uh, it does me good to get the best of you once in a while, Mr. Secretary. There's nothing I enjoy more than to win an argument with you. I hope you have won this argument, Mr. President. I sincerely hope you've won it. <laughs> just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. You know, it's been said that youth is too good to be wasted on the young. Well, that point is, of course, a moot one, but it is a fact that youth is too good to be wasted on tuberculosis, which took nearly 50,000 victims last year alone. 50,000 wasted lives is tragic. But the real tragedy lies in the fact that these deaths were unnecessary because tuberculosis can be cured if detected in time. Now, in the early stages, TB frequently has no symptoms, but its presence is easily detected with a chest X-ray. In some places, you can get a chest X-ray free or at a nominal cost through your local tuberculosis association or health department. To be sure that you're not one of the over half million people in the United States estimated to have TB, to protect yourself, to protect your family, have a chest X-ray taken as soon as possible. And now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. You've probably guessed the name of the president in this story. Later on, of course, I'll tell you which one it was. After the cabinet meeting, the president had his lunch, and the excited voices of the people jubilantly crowding the streets of Washington lifted inside him. It was their day, and it was his. God was in his heaven, and all was right with the Union. After lunch, he started for his office. Would you like to buy an apple, sir? Uh, oh, hello, son. Yes, I think an apple is just what I need to polish off my lunch. Tell me, how's business? Oh, here you are. Five cents, please. Well, I have it right here. I have business it right. is slow this afternoon. Most everyone is going to church. Yes, of course, of course. Oh, that reminds me. I must think about some sort of an Easter message. Father, why was Christ crucified? Well, because there were people who hated him, son. People who didn't understand what he was trying to do. Bad people? Do you know what Christ said about them as he was dying? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And this was the day it happened? Yes. This was the day it happened. Well, could he have saved himself? Yes. Well, why didn't he? Because he wanted to show you and me and all the people before us and after us that death was not an end, that we, we should not be afraid. Well, I'm afraid today, Father. Of what, my boy? I don't know. Could I sleep with you tonight? Of course, of course. Do you have to go to the theater? Now, don't you start on me. Well, 
I'm lonesome for you. But how could you be lonesome for me when I'm right here? Well, I know, but, but I'm still lonesome for you. Son, I don't quite understand what's wrong with you today. I don't know what to say to you. Oh, here you are. This is the hardest house to find anyone in. Dear, I wondered if you wanted to take anyone else on our drive this afternoon. You have so many old friends in town. Oh, no. Let you and I go by ourselves this afternoon. Uh, Mary, mm -hmm. uh, what do you think about the theater party? Do you still want to go? Well, dear, it's been announced that you'll be there now, and I think they've planned some special ceremony. Oh, then of course we'll go. I wouldn't want to disappoint the people. I thought you wanted to go. Well, I did, but Robert's come home and the little fellow is upset. Well, it's been announced and we'll go. I'd better get to my office. The carriage will be ready late this afternoon. Good, I'll enjoy your ride. This time of year, it's nice to get out into the country. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, there. Why are you stopping, dear? Oh, it's so beautiful out here today. You know, Mary, it's good to be alive and to have you and the boys in a land like this to live in. Mary, as soon as these four years are over, let's find ourselves a farm on the banks of the Sangamon. And I'll, I'll take up my law practice again. Would you like that? I'd love it. And you and I will go to the country dances and show our children a thing or two. And I'll kiss you in the moonlight on the way home, mm -hmm. just as just as though we were courting all over again, huh? Oh, my dear, I love you so. Maybe the last few years I haven't said it as often as I felt it. But I respect you and honor you and love you with my whole heart. And to have you to myself again. My dear, if it only happens... It's going to happen, my dear. We're going to settle down and live happily ever after. You and I and the children. You know, I've only seen you this joyous once before in my whole life. <laughs> the night before we were married? No. The night before our son William died. Mary. It's almost frightening to see you like this. As though someone thought... Let him be very happy today. Let him laugh. So that he'll be able to take the tears that will come tomorrow. Mary. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. I, I, I've been thinking it all day. You and the boy. It, it's foolish of me. Come on, dear. We better start back. You still have some more interviews and another trip to the war department to make before we can go to the theater. All right, Mary. All right. Come on, boy. Hey. It's an exciting day, isn't it, Mr. President? Yes, it is indeed, Mr. Crook. I'm sorry you have to walk along with me. I'm, I'm sure you'd like to be celebrating. Oh, I'll celebrate later, sir. You know, I've been doing a lot of thinking today. I'm always joking with Stanton about all this... A mythical assailant, and uh, but I believe there are men who want to take my life, and I have no doubt they'll do it. This isn't like you, Mr. President. And it would be easy to do this very minute. Someone could shoot from a window or from around the corner. If anything happened to you, sir, it'd be the end of the country. Oh, oh. don't you think it for one minute? This country isn't dependent on any one man. It isn't the leader that makes the country. It's the country that makes the leader. It isn't the man that makes the office of president. It's the office of president that makes the man. 
I am what the majority of the American people who elected me want me to be. When someone else takes my place, he'll be what the majority want him to be, or he won't be president very long. But still, sir, a man must have the, the makings of a president in him. Well, if a man is a good American, then he has the makings of a president. Oh, no, my friend, the loss of a single man can never hurt this nation. It will always put another man in office and go on. The nation may grieve, it may have a sense of loss, but it will go on. Well, sir, we'll hope that it won't have to go on without you. You know, Crook, I love this land of mine. I love our voices, the voices of the storms and the winds, the voice of the hammer and the saw, the voice of the railroad splitting the prairie with the challenge of civilization, the voice of the people arguing and growing by their arguments, learning more and more every day what freedom means and liberty. I hope I shall be listening to them for a long time yet. Don't misunderstand me. I, I have perfect confidence in every one of you men around me. I know no one could kill me and escape alive. But if it is to be done, it is impossible to prevent it. What is to be, will be. Isn't that right, Brooke? I don't know, sir. I know. What is to be, will be. Madam President, I'm sure you're the grandest lady in Washington tonight. Turn uh -huh. around and let me view the other extremity of that gown. Do you like it? I'm overpowered by your elegance. <laughs> Come on, Mr. President. We don't want to miss the curtain. All right, I'm ready, I'm ready. Where are your gloves? Hmm, what gloves? Oh, they're in my pocket. Well? Uh, Mary, do I have to put them on? They're so uncomfortable. You're the president, dear. Oh, well, I never would have run for officers. I'd known I'd have to wear gloves. <laughs> Well, you can put them on just before we get to the theater. Carriage is waiting. Oh, it's a fine evening. Yes, yeah, be careful of your dress, my dear. Oh, good evening, Major Rathman. Here, my dear, let me help you in. Thank you. Oh, how do you do, Major Rathman? It's so nice to have you with us. Father! 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 Excuse me, my dear. <laughs> Tell me, what is the matter, son? What is I it? I found out what Good Friday's about. I found out what Easter oh, is about. Oh, now, now, now. Here, here. Tell me, what is it about, son? It, it's about death. They buried him and they sealed him in the tomb. It's about death. No, 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 son. It isn't about death. You've missed the whole point. It isn't about death. It's about resurrection. Do you have to go to the theater? Yes, of course I do. You know that. But I'll see you when I get home. Maybe I'll wake you up and you and I will have a glass of milk together, huh? Would you like that? Good Friday will be over then. Yes, Father. So run along up to bed. Good night, son. Goodbye, Father. <laughs> Goodbye, Father. Goodbye. Well, you've probably figured out by now who the president was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know, and you'll have the answer in just a moment. During the time the greatest story ever told has been on the air, it has won numerous awards from leading church authorities, critics, and newspapers. But some of the most memorable tributes to this Sunday evening program have been from the listeners themselves. Many of the letters people have written have been letters of appreciation 
both to the sponsor and ABC for dramatizing the powerful, inspiring story of the man who led the greatest life ever lived. Through the years, his messages and teachings have stood out like a beacon, giving courage and inspiration to millions. So listen today and every Sunday for The Greatest Story Ever Told when it's heard over the same ABC stations. And now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. you enjoy the play, Major Rathbun and Miss Harris? I'm sure we will. We had originally planned to go to Grover's Theater, but Mary thought as long as it was Miss Keene's closing performance, we should go to Ford's. Well, it's supposed to be a very worthwhile evening. I, 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 here we are, here we are. Oh, look at all the people. Put on your gloves, dear. Uh, yes, Mary, yes. Uh, come, ladies, let me help you out. I'm sure this will be a memorable evening for all of us. Uh, right this way, sir. Your box is ready for you. Mr. Lincoln. Be with us again next week, won't you, for another interesting story that happened in Washington a few years ago to Mr. President. Until then, goodbye. This program is produced and directed by Dick Woolen. Edward Arnold can currently be seen in the MGM picture, The Yellow Cabman. Mr. President was created by Robert G. Jennings. Today's story was based on incidents in the life of President Abraham Lincoln. Be sure to listen again next week when the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Edward Arnold with another interesting and factual story of Mr. President. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. <laughs>